if you're waiting for it to happen automatically without putting any work in at all, if you're waiting for it to just be on autopilot, you will be severely disappointed. Disappointed, for sure. It does require intentionality, that effort, that initiative. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how can I make my husband fall in love with me again? That's the one. Ouch! Just bashed my knee on the table. Oh. I felt that. I know. Did you hear me say, ow? I'm such an empathetic person. All right. Well, let's keep going. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Here's the question. There's a long backstory to this, but the backstory doesn't matter because the question is universal for a lot of people who've been in a long-term marriage. Sometimes those marriages are good. Sometimes they're struggled. They're having a hard time, but it happens for all marriages that have been going on for a long time. Here's the question. What advice can you give me to catch his heart once again? How can I make him fall in love with me again after almost 20 years? Ooh. That's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. How do you make someone fall in love with you again after 20 years? How do you capture his heart? That's a good phrase. I liked that yeah, phrase. Yeah, that's a great phrase. Here's why this becomes such a problem. The familiarity. Anytime something is no longer new, you've just been in contact with it, you've been around it, novelty wears off. It's called the law of diminishing returns. Right. Again, you and I, when we first held hands... All of the sparkles, all of the fluttery, buttery, buttery things in our tummies. I mean, it was amazing. Now I hold your hand. It's like, oh, your fingers are pinching mine. (laughs) Yes. Or your hands are sweaty or gross. What's on the buttery butterflies aren't there anymore. Right. Because we've done it for 30 years. Right. The novelty Novelty has worn off. This is actually one of the reasons why a lot of people end up having affairs is because it's novel. It's new again. And they have that. It's actually a dopamine Dopamine hit. hit. It's that chemical in your brain. Anytime you have something new or something, you win something. And a lot of people get addicted to that dopamine. So they constantly are pursuing new and exciting and novel experiences. Right. And they really struggle with the long-term love that is supposed to happen in a marriage when you've been married for 10, 15, 100 years. Right. Well, and I was thinking too that they're at 20 years, which means I'm assuming that they've had kids. And for a good majority of those raising kids years, you're really focused on raising your kids and the romance and the dating and the you know, doing things special for each other kind of falls off the table Becomes a little secondary, bit. Yes, for sure. exactly. Absolutely. And so my guess, you know, 20 years, depending on their kids, right. how old they are, yeah. they could be getting close to moving out. Right. And it's like, oh, what, or you know, that empty nest yeah. syndrome and yeah. oh, he doesn't romance me like he used to right. or. Right. And so, yeah, to how do you capture his heart? How That's capture such, his heart? A, such a good question. Yeah. Do you have an answer? Because I'm pausing. Yeah. I, pregnant pausing. Pregnant pausing for me for to, give to give an, an answer. answer. Um, <laughs> I have one, but I always like to hear yours first. No, go ahead and give yours first. I like to listen to yours first. I don't know if mine's actually fabulous, but here's what it comes down to. Two things. One is it is 
absolutely a conscious decision to intentionally try to find new and pleasant and exciting things about something that you have had for a very long time. Mm -hmm. That is a conscious decision. If you're waiting for it to happen automatically without putting any work in at all, if you're waiting for it to just be on autopilot, you will be severely disappointed. Disappointed, for sure. It does require intentionality, that effort, that initiative that is required for anybody to stay committed in a relationship. It is a conscious choice every day to say, I choose to stay married to this person, even though I am wholly and completely aware of how inadequate and imperfect they are, I still choose them every day. Right. And I am going to consciously find things that I am still attracted to, that I am grateful for. You actually have done this through some practical uh, experiences where you started like a gratitude journal Mm -hmm. and you are starting to rewire your brain, that reticular activating system, which is designed to make things that are kind of hidden in the background. They're just kind of in our everyday life. They are now brought to the forefront and made important again. You can train your reticular activating system to do something like that. Right. So the intentionality, the conscious choice to find the things you're grateful for is the number one way that you will start to find, to reconnect that bond. But again, her question was, how do I get him to fall in love with me? How do I capture his heart again? You start doing that with him. You start finding things you are grateful for about him. You start showing gratitude towards him. You start showing appreciation towards him. You start showing affection towards him. You start, you start treating him how you want to be treated. It's called the golden rule. Right. Do unto others as you would like to have done unto you. When you start to do that, it creates an invitation, not an expectation. Now, if you do it under a manipulative way, I'm going to say I I love you, and now I'm going to watch the stopwatch and see how long it takes you to say I love you back. Right. If that is present, you're dead because that's called a covert contract. People will pick up on that unspoken expectation. And if you're not following through on that and then you get mad at them, they will sense that and they will become even more resistant and they will feel like you are manipulating them and you'll never win their heart back in any way, shape or form because now they're actually seeing you as someone I have to defend against. Right. You don't want to put that in. So that's one very long answer for the one thing. The second thing is it goes back to the principle of Tracy where I have this 30-year-old car, her name is Tracy, and there are faster, prettier, more efficient cars out there, but I have bonded to this car. And so I take the extra time to make sure it's running well, that I wash it and clean it, I take the time to make sure I park it in places that it's not going to get hit or run over. I baby it. I do things to make sure I treat it well. You have to look at the bond. Has there been a strong bond in the relationship already? And if that hasn't been there, if he hasn't bonded to you or you haven't bonded to him and you are simply cohabitating, you are just roommate sharing a house, then figuring out how to develop that bond. Right. And usually that bond comes by doing what I said in the first step, which is you start to appreciate the things about imperfect things. 
you start to appreciate the little, I mean, so many things on Tracy is wrong. Again, she's 30 years old. She's a little Honda. She wasn't built, well, she was built fantastic in the first place, but she's a little tin can. It's right. It's kind of sketchy driving it around sometimes. And all those things which I could look at as annoyances are actually things that are kind of quirky about her that make her kind of fun to, to Just drive. Like me. I was thinking just like you. You have so many quirky things that used to drive me nuts. Apparently, there's quirky things that drive you nuts now. Still. You just told me about one the other day. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a minute here. That's absolutely true. But those quirky things make me more attracted to you rather than more annoyed with you. Right. I was thinking this to me is more the emotional connection piece there's there's that connection that's missing and i think a lot of times a person asks this question how do i capture my husband's heart again and a lot of the responses that people will give oh well you need to have more sex with him or you need to dress more provocatively to get him attracted to you or you need to do this and yeah those things will get you sex but that won't get you the emotional connection that you're looking for and i think i love what you said about looking for the things in your spouse that you love about them that you just find unique or special or different or things like that that you can say every day you can send a little text hey i was thinking about the way you snore at night and it makes me giggle or hey i I appreciate that you go to work every day to provide for our family those are the kind of things that are going to start helping him feel that connection from you and when we start doing things like that it's typically an invitation for change from them even the sex thing it's not actually about the sex it's about i know that this thing sex is important to you and because i know that that's important to you i want to offer that to you i want to number one i've studied you and i understand you enough to know what's important to you and now i'm going to go out of my way to provide an experience or a thing for you that communicates to you that i care about you and your feelings it might be sex it might be oreo cookies i don't know what it is exactly whatever the thing is that he likes when you go out of your way to say i want to make sure that that i am meeting that need in you and i'm demonstrating that i care about you right when one person starts to do that in a relationship most of the time we i wish i could guarantee 100 percent of the time but i just can't do that most of the time the other person starts to feel cared for and by this this kind of unspoken law of reciprocity and they go oh i want to make sure i start doing things exactly to demonstrate care back to you right again if you do it in a manipulative way if you do it in a i'm doing this so i can get something from you it doesn't work real it well. will backfire there's a magical mystical some sort of people can sense that yes for sure that's why everyone hates salesmen i mean you get that phone call and someone goes hi i'm paul how are you doing today what do you want? Exactly. You can just, you can pick up on the, you want something from me. You want me to buy something from you or you need something from me. You have to be able to get in that selfless mindset that yeah. says, even if I get nothing back from you, I want you to have a good experience in life or on a Saturday, whatever this is. And I'm thinking about you and I'm going to do this sacrificially. That mutual selflessness that you came up with, that is how you 
win somebody's heart back. Yes. When two people, that's the mutual part. When, when two, two people, people are trying that. to outdo each other. When I wake up and go, I've got a full 16 hours today before we go back to bed tonight. I'm going to see if I can do everything I can to make this day one of the most amazing and best days ever for you. Right. Man. And you don't even know I'm doing that. No. I, that's, that's just my mindset. That's a pretty good day for you. Yeah, it is. And if you wake up doing the same thing for me, now we argue over who's going to, you know, be kindest and lovingest and, and which is way better than arguing over you're not yeah. take, meeting my needs and you're not making me happy. Yeah, absolutely. I did that with you this morning. You got up at 6:30 this morning cuz you wanted to do a 5-mile hike on a Saturday. Yeah. When I could be sleeping in. Yep, and you came with me anyway. I like hiking with you. I also know that you like having me go hiking I with do. you. I do. I very much do. And so I went as far as I could. You did an extra mile without me because I ran out of gas and came home. Yeah. And that's okay. But I do that because I know you like that. And I, I like it too. But if you didn't go on a hike this morning, I guarantee you, I would not have You would not have hike. been the one that I said, hey, let's get it. up and go on the hike. I'm not right. doing it for my own pleasure. I'm right. doing it for your pleasure. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I must have told you like six times or you something. Did. Yeah, you, you said thank you many times on the trail this morning. And I don't do it begrudgingly. I do it lovingly. Right. Yeah. You want to tell them the story? The sneezy story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, so talking about the quirky things that drive you crazy. Yes. So, you know, I have all kinds of quirky things that I do. And... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's back up here a little okay. bit. Okay. When I sneeze, how do I typically sneeze? In this very high-pitched sneeze that manly. pierces. No, it is so not manly. <laughs> but it, it Is it, it quiet or is it loud? It's loud and it pierces right through your eardrums, right in through one and out the other and through your brain. And it's <laughs> awful. But I don't give you too hard of a time about no. it because... You had to start sneezing that way oh, because of your back. Yes. It was a mechanism to protect your yeah, back. Exactly. And so you're, again, lovingly, kindly tolerating this this manly sneeze Blood that I do. curdling <laughs> ice pick, breaking your brain and eardrums, high-pitched and sneeze. Then yesterday, I tell you a story. Yeah. Yes. We're in the kitchen. And I hadn't even sneezed. No. This just came out of the blue, out yes. of randomness. I don't know what triggered it for you, but you tell me, you know, something along the lines of, you know, when you sneeze, you sneeze so loud that it makes me just want to punch you in the face. That's me something. talking to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, what? Are you kidding me? I realized <laughs> that when you sneeze really, really loud, I mean, it, you go, ah! When you're, you're just oh, yeah. yelling it through the I, house. I, I have loud, big, I am instantly angry sneezes. at you. Instantly angry yes. at you. Like pissed off, mad at you. Like, what are you doing? Yes. And, and you just, you're like, I just want to punch you. Yeah. Like, like, oh my <laughs> word. That's like all these years. I mean, I'm not loud about a whole lot of things, but boy, my sneezes, those are just yeah. the best. They, this is just like a full on release of like, <laughs> Whatever it is, yep. it feels so good. Yep. And I understand how unbelievably hypocritical this is because yes. my sneezes are super loud as well. <laughs> yes. But I can't I can't help 
the feelings that it evokes in me whenever you sneeze really, really loud and I'm in the room. Yeah, Damn. so so <laughs> last he was night. out in the living room last night and I'm in the kitchen and I sneeze and then I yell, don't be mad at me. Yes, you did. <laughs> and our daughter was over here. She She's goes, like, what, what did she say? Why would dad get mad at you? <laughs> These are the quirky things that are, you have to tolerate living with me, who is hypocritical, <laughs> who sneezes loud and then doesn't want you to sneeze loud at all. Right. It's It doesn't make any, any sense. sense. There's no logic what's, whatsoever. No, it, there, there isn't. But that's us. It is. So you have to fix the way you sneeze or nope, something. Nope. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put up my armor every time I sneeze now. You put up your dukes and it's then gonna sneeze. Be, it's going to be oh, sneeze gosh. and say, don't get mad at me. That's right. <laughs> then it's just going to become funny. Then you won't be mad anymore. Then it won't be mad anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. This was a good question. This is something I want people to be intentional about because you shouldn't fall out of love with your spouse as you spend more time as you become more intimate and more vulnerable with each other 20 30 40 years in you should fall more and more in love with each other yes it should be safer more connecting more intimate that is how marriage is designed to be and we want as many couples out there to experience that. You and I are, are very fortunate that we get to experience it again. Yeah. We love each other more today than the day we got married. And I'm incredibly proud of that. And we know that it's possible and we want to show everyone else how to make that happen. If you want to get started on that, securemarriage.com. There's a couple ways to do it right now. We actually have, we're doing some live webinars on Thursday evenings, six o'clock Pacific time. You can click on the button at the top of securemarriage.com and register for um, whatever webinar fits into your schedule. You can pick one of the three uh, programs we have out there right now. We have a relationship roadmap. We have the six secrets of the secure marriage or the secure marriage framework. And then we actually have one on codependency. We actually have two more, three more coming out, I think. Mm-hmm. More more things for people to do to invest in their marriage and make it better and better. And then we also have your favorite. Oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> the, the tinglys se- are back. Yep, the Secure Marriage Cruise that the we're cruising. doing yes. in uh, February of February. 2023. Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, and, and Mazatlan, Mazatlan, the Mexican Riviera out yeah. of L.A. Yeah, and it's going to be a great time yeah. of connecting and learning how to fight less with your spouse, yep. how to communicate better, how yep. to how to connect. Deeper emotional connection. Yeah. And we'll do experiential things. Yes. Um, we'll have classes. We'll eat dinner together. Yep. We'll do excursions and together. And we'll give plenty of time for and you to just enjoy the cruise as well. And shows us on a beautiful boat from Royal Caribbean. Yeah, and one of the things that I think, not that I think, one of the things that I really love about this is that we are only taking seven yep. couples with us. Yep. I've seen lots of marriage cruises where it's a whole boat yeah. full of, of 20, couples, couples yeah. and yeah. it's packed. And so you don't really get time to get to know other couples who are yeah. possibly in the same place that you, struggling with the same things. Yeah. You don't get time with the presenters. Yeah. We're giving you guys seven days seven days plus some one-on-one time with us yeah and so this is going to be really really good yeah we are going on this cruise so that we can spend time with 
the people who are going with us. We are intentionally investing into their lives, yes. into their marriages, because they are investing into their marriages as well. We understand that there's a cost for the cruise and a cost for the workshop, and but people who want to invest in their marriage, we want them to get as much as yes. possible with this. So if you are wanting to make your marriage better and you want to do that in some very beautiful places with some people who sneeze funny... <laughs> You are absolutely welcome to sign up. Uh, securemarriage.com slash cruises. I think there's an S on the end. Cruises. And if and, not, there's a little tab at the top of the website. Or just website. click securemarriage.com and then and click, click on the cruise, cruise at button. the top. Yep, yes. That'll do it as well. Either way, come sign up. Come to Mexico with us. and. Yeah make your marriage much, much better. Again, learn how to have a deeper emotional connection, better communication, and faster and easier conflict resolution. Yep. That's what we're going to be working on. Yeah. Okay, everybody. That's it. Yep. Thanks for listening. All righty. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.